it's been like how many weeks, how many months, years have we lost to your time away? Well, it feels like, I don't know. Maybe two and a half. Maybe two and a half. Yeah. You well, may- I showed up uh, on the podcast via phone. That's true. <laughs> and then, was I think it was last week, I busted in. Yeah. You Henry was in. in the East Wing Worship Center. Yeah. Uh, playing with the lights. Oh, good. Uh, the light board. I showed yeah. him how to, to operate the light board. That explains some things. Yeah. <laughs> why East Wing worship on Sunday was amazing. <laughs> I was you know? say, why yeah. are these two light bars that should be the same color are different colors? He installed a few strobes. I knew it. Yeah. I saw the, pretty, the disco ball. He's a mechanical kid. <laughs> so he destroyed that light board. And so I was headed back because yeah, I was back at work, you know, but Mark was still podcasting because he had preached on Sunday and I was headed back. And I could hear the rumblings, and I thought, I'm just going to you know, poke my head in there. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. listening at the door, and I heard you say, now it's time for our favorite segment, meet and greet. Couldn't get my keys fast oh, enough. Man. It was like one of those things where you're being chased by you know, a murderer, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got to get the keys out. It's that so. dream that you have every night. Almost, yeah. yeah. And so I, I busted in uh, right at the right time. Yeah. I don't feel, however, that that went as well as I was hoping. How did you think it was? Why? I, I don't know. I thought I, it seemed. It was fun. It was. I thought so. It I, was flavorful. I felt that Mark gave me a vibe. He did seem rather judgmental. He he was. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he. But that's uh, just Mark sometimes, you know? Sometimes you're talking be. to him. Well, that's people. And like <laughs> as you're talking, you know, you start to notice how he's staring at you. Yeah. And then you start wondering, like, what's he think about what I'm saying? That's daydreaming. And then you start realizing, yeah. oh, he thinks I'm dumb because yeah. he's so smart. Mark did a fantastic job. Both Mark and Bob did a fantastic oh, yeah, job sure. on the podcast. Did you listen to uh, to Bob yet? Uh, I am halfway through. Bob's. Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just he he started talking about being First on the radio, half, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I just like I was instantly there. I'm like, all right, we're going there. I've had the pleasure of being able to spend a lot of time with him. Oh, you so. know Bob? Yeah. Okay. I call him Robert. No. Yeah. <laughs> I call him Robert in public, but privately is a Robbie. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So when I text him late, was it Robbie? Um, I'm sure, he loves that. Hates it. <laughs> hates all of it. He keeps telling me he wants to be called Captain. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> well, he's a boater. Captain, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Skipper. Yeah, skipper. No, you know, very official captain. So <laughs> I I have, I knew a lot of that information yeah. uh, ahead of time. I um, had to do a really long paper when I was in, um, I was getting some of my uh, master's work um, done and I never completed it. Yeah. Because I don't have time. Uh, but I did um, basically a paper on Bob and mm-hmm. leadership and, and it was his past history. And so I got to know some of that information, but yeah, it was really, it was really good. Both, both of them did a fantastic, I, I had no doubt that they would. Yeah. Um, I made a few notes that no, <laughs> <laughs> he did great. Specifically, we need to talk. Arnold Schwarzenegger is absolutely from Austria. Dude, that was Mark. I, yeah, I you corrected. Yeah. I corrected. I know you got it. Come on. I was sitting there screaming I at figured. the phone. I thought if I've taught them, your muscles just started bleeding. My muscles started texting you. (laughs) My pectorals grabbed the phone, and it was just doing this move. Oh no! Somehow texting, (laughs) and I was like, "You guys let that go." Oh man, that's good. I was shirtless a lot on vacation. That's great. Glasses are already coming off. So much pool. So much pool. So funny. Um, But yeah, you seem really tan. 
I'm unbelievable. Like well, you, we were at Cedar Point bronzed. yesterday, too. Yeah. So I would put on like SBF 50, like yeah. the spray. Is it the stuff that smells coconutty? Yeah, it's got a fragrance to yeah. it. Yeah, there's that. There's this. Um, I remember when I was growing up, banana boat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost said Tropicana. <laughs> that might you put be orange juice burnt. on you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not only from the sun, but Is from this the a sunburn. No, that's citrus, that's my friend. An acid burn. <laughs> that's right. That's citric acid burn. <laughs> no, a banana boat. Uh, my You're mom. Marinating yourself. I remember. Okay. 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 <laughs> that's why I said I almost because right. I didn't. Um, no, I remember there's this specific like tropical coconutty kind of like smell. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what you experienced, but I remember when I was younger, I'd go swimming. My mom had this, uh, this stuff, banana boat stuff. Yeah. And it just had this particular smell that just smelled like summer and smelled like fun. Yeah. And smelled like I was going to, I was, I don't know. It's got a nice fragrance to it, the stuff I use. The, yeah. the thing about it is like, I don't notice it as much with the lotions you know, if you're using sunscreen lotion, yeah. but this stuff seems, it's like I'm oiling myself up for yeah. some type of bodybuilding show. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I have to just be blinding because it's yeah. just so, it's so oily. Yeah. But so this is uh, stuff's like SPF 50. Is it a spray? It's a spray, oh, okay, which yeah. I spray on real close and then yep. I, I rub. Right. I watch parents spray their kids with this stuff and they're watching yeah. their other kid and they're yeah. just spraying the air. Right. And the kid, like you see him like 45 minutes later comes, he's got tomato face. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I put sunscreen on. I'm like, yeah. you didn't though. Like we watched. We watched well, that's that the happen. trick is you do have to. You still have to rub it in. You got to spread it, and then yeah. if you do your face, yeah. like I just do it in the hands and stuff yeah. like that. And then mm-hmm. um, Rachel's kind enough to do my back for me and all that, yeah. which is just. I mean, I don't care if it's 100 degrees outside mm-hmm. and that can has sat in a car that's 115 Oof. degrees. Oof. When she sprays it, it's still like liquid nitrogen. Yeah. And so there's no way to receive that spray <laughs> and not go. Oh. <laughs> In front of, uh, you know, literally 500 people at the Avon play. Oh, I'm like arching my back. That's making good. And I, like the one day I'm like, I'm going to do it. And she's like, <clears throat> it's just so yeah, freezing. Yeah. Um, so I requested that she spray it on her hand. You think that'd be refreshing, though, in the heat of the day? It's not. Oh, okay. I don't find it to be. All I right. find it to be um, horrible. No. Oh, okay. I didn't care for it. But huh. yeah, uh, vacation was great. Listen to the you guys again. I'm about I'm about halfway through Bob's, and then obviously yeah. Marks is going to get released next week. Um, yeah, but it's good to be back. I I think I shared with you because I had to come in here for a brief moment um, to use the you know the scanner or whatever yeah. the copier to scan some documents in. And what was nice about listening to the podcast when I wasn't involved yeah. is like I, I listened to it with fresh ears yeah the other thing is i don't listen to all of our episodes right i don't like i'm here i'm doing it and so every <laughs> once in a while i'll check in just to make sure that you know things are sounding the way that you know we want them to sound or if i say something i'm like oh what did i say because i'll go to bed sometimes at night going yeah. oh i think i don't i think people are going to wind up losing their salvation because yeah. of what i said i um, usually bump up the volume when start just stuff insane. starts right. going off the rails i'm like eh, yeah, there that we go <laughs> should people really hear that yeah uh <laughs> It was nice listening to it, not being involved in yeah. it. And this is a weird thing to say because I am involved in it now, but I'm speaking more of the episodes I listened to. I really enjoyed it. Mm. I really did. Like I found it, and, and part of it maybe because I know Mark and I know Bob and I know you. Yeah. But I think, I think I'm able to separate that mm. a little bit because I was listening, and 
I don't really like any of you guys. And so, right. well, that's the thing. Right. And so if I was listening to you, you would think I wouldn't want to hear what you mm-hmm. have to say, but he, it was, no, it was, it, seriously, it was, it was really good. And my uh, podcast production skills are so good that they, they can overcome your animosity. Well, what you say is mostly terrible, but that's it right. looks so good. Yeah. Like when you say all that heresy, I'm like, man, that's 4K. Look at that. That that's is beautiful. Wow. No, it was really, it was, it's really good. And I was so, so thankful for just the guys we get to work with. Like we don't, (laughs) wait a second. I was about to say, I don't think we have a weak chain on the link, but maybe I'm, (laughs) maybe I'm the, (laughs) everything was especially good when I was on vacation. (laughs) Right. Giving was up. Attendance was up. People were getting baptized and conversions. People who had left came back. (laughs) (laughs) The building was air conditioned and we didn't even have to pay for it. Um, Yeah, I'm so thankful to work with you guys. And uh, my dad uh, listens to the podcast and he called me to, it was was twofold, it's twofold. He, He wanted to a twofold conversation. He wanted to tell me about a new show he's watching on Netflix. Sweet. Um, that he thought we might like. And then he was like, have you been listening to the podcast? And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> the next words out of his mouth were, oh, Mark did such a great job. I actually learned something from the podcast. That's <laughs> what he said. <laughs> and Dad, I know you're listening, and I want you to know I'm made of stone, so this didn't hurt my feelings. But but I thought it was Twist so funny how he worded it because, Twist <laughs> because I'm knife. like, I'm on the podcast <laughs> nearly every week, and this time he actually learned something. And I was like, oh, that's well, that's good. And I know what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Mark's smart. And I was like, yeah, we try not to hire dummies. That's literally the word that came out of my mouth. Um, but you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sharing that in, in, in jest, you know, the fact that you know, my dad's a 75 year old guy and he's known the word, you know, he, he was a pastor, he knows yeah. the word and, uh, he's got, you know, great knowledge of God's word. And so what the podcast can even provide for a guy like that, still learning, still growing, um, which we always are, but yeah. not always admitting that we are, sure. um, I was just really encouraged by it and yeah. excited. And the, and the guys did such a great job with, um, the sermon, series summer storms as yeah. well and then mark you know kind of finishing out yeah. uh, my break with um you know grow <laughs> you've messed me up with grow groups by the way oh yeah and i don't know if we you should... can't help but hear it well right. yeah we'll ruin everyone else for right it too. so we'll just leave well it at only that. a certain population would be ruined true the rest won't know right They'll be but like, it's what a, is that it's a big it's a big I guess chunk of people true. it's a wide demographic true. uh but mark did a great job with that and looking forward to those but I'm glad to be back. Like when I was listening yeah. to the podcast and hearing some of these questions, um, you know, certainly agreeing with everything that the guys were saying, but then yeah. having that desire to want to oh, inter- sure. interject as well. Well, we each have like our, you know, even if we fundamentally agree, we're going to come at things at a different angle. So you might have right. stuff that you're like, ah, but what about this? Right, you know? right, right, right. Just yeah. like I might have that or Mark might have that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard um, not to, you know, I could listen to it with a, but even if it was, you know, another church, some other place, if I yeah. heard questions being answered, I just have a desire to, you know, to be involved. To, to speak up and get to, yeah, get to I'm not shy, say not your bashful, opinion. And, but it was great to be back. It was great to be back preaching on yeah. Sunday. As well, yeah. I was sitting on the ramp, and uh, I'm not saying I was standing on. The, I was sitting on the <laughs> ramp, doing my yoga. Yeah. 
I always do a downward facing dog before it makes I go it out. It sounds like it's like one of those electric chair things. <laughs> like I was rising, I was riding my jazzy up the ramp. <laughs> Is that what those are called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, no, well, no, no. You're talking about like, like the chair lifts. Yeah, that I goes up someone's like a uh... jazzy's the thing you see at. Uh, Cedar. Oh. It was so hot That's at Cedar right. Point yesterday. Oh yeah. And we went to that Italian restaurant, which by the way they got rid of the meatball sub. Oh. And I was just devastated. Man. Sorry. I had gotten some, a heads up uh, from a, a member, um, you know, a couple. Um, like a month earlier that it yeah. was gone and I just thought man, I hope they just ran out of meatballs you, so someone you sent someone to go to Cedar Point to kind of scout it out for you beforehand no oh, okay that boy that would be baller that would that'd be like <laughs> I'm gonna have my people come to Cedar Point and just check it out make what sure a, it's good enough for me what a complete abuse of authority <laughs> <laughs> be like hey listen so in my prayer time the Lord revealed something to me that oh, no. I need you to do. Oh no. Well, isn't that the only <laughs> way that that would happen? That sounds a lot like a cult. <laughs> yeah. Are you creating a cult, Neil? I don't think I could. I I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I'm charming enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. All of a sudden um, <laughs> someone comes to visit us in the office we're all wearing the same Nike's or something like that. <laughs> Why are you all in white robes? Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you? <laughs> Would you like to go to the closet of joy? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that sounds bad. It does. I was going somewhere else. Like uh, what was heaven's gate? The, the heaven's gate. The closet. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it sound, sounded real weird, Neil. Oh man, I took a vacation. Fortunately, from we're not work, cutting this. Not so. From, <laughs> not from purity. Not from purity. <laughs> not from. No, morals. I was thinking of the Heaven's Gate cult where they all right, wore the right, Nikes yeah, and yeah, the robes, yeah. and I don't know. There's no, some, there's a spaceship on the other side of Hale Bob that was gonna. Anyways, it's yeah. sad. So, anyways, no, there's my friend. It's a season pass holder. There you and, go. Uh, I had mentioned something, I think, on the podcast about the meatballs. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and they listened to the podcast. And so they had given me the heads up that the meatball sandwich was gone. But it's still just screaming on the sign. I mean, it's literally, then they have it modified. It's like pizza, calzones, you know, pasta, meatball, meatball, meatball. (laughs) Not not meatball. Right. And so I went, and it wasn't there. Dude. And I was... um, You should have asked for your money back for false advertisement. Well, they didn't make me... There was no cover charge to get in. Okay. Yeah. I... You can't buy tickets to see your meatball sub. Hey, you guys going to Hugo's? <laughs> Grab a breadstick and let's ride. My. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's <laughs> So this is the kind of podcast it's gonna be. Well, this is what they were before I left. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So and Rachel's like, Do you want to go somewhere else? I'm like, no, because they have air conditioning. Oh and yeah. it was just unbelievably hot. Yeah. Um it's been really hot lately, hasn't it? Boy, and just thick yeah, yesterday. Just the humidity yeah, and everything. Very, very thick. Yeah. Um I don't well, even what it was it? It was 90 degrees, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it got Oof. up there. We yeah. got there in the morning. It, there was cloud cover, and it was good. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just got crazy, crazy hot. Yeah. Um, but needless to say, um, it's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be back, and I'm, I'm thankful to, to be here, and I'm looking forward to many thousands of years of podcasting. <laughs> That's a lot of years. Maybe, maybe we'll podcast in heaven together. Maybe we will. <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be. All right. Well, maybe we should welcome everyone. I would like to do that. All right. Welcome to the eight. Oh, boy. All right. This is, <laughs> it's already off the rails. Welcome <laughs> to the atrium of Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And you are who? I am Neil Nemeth, lead pastor. And uh, Nel- glad ne- to be back. Uh, Neil co- Nemeth. Co-hosting the, uh, the atrium with Jared here. Yeah. Jared Hare? Jared, Jared here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, that's. <laughs> 
That's true. Jad hair. <laughs> Jad hair. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I, I feel like we should just go ahead and jump in, shouldn't we? You want to do that? Yeah. With our What episode is this? 20, 26. So last week was 25, and me and Mark did not celebrate. Wow. 26. In my mind, it's still episode 22. I know. Do you remember when you were 26? When I was 26 years old? Yeah. Oh, big time. I remember when I was 26 episodes old. That's when I uh, and Rachel and I started like officially dating. Oh, really? Yeah. How long did you date before uh, like putting a ring on it? Four years. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Four years. She was in college. Yeah. And I was uh, in the nursing home. Yeah. Um, due to my age. Yeah. And you know she got done with school, and we were we weren't in church. I was out of church yeah, yeah. as well. And so when we got back in church, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> You're not supposed to live yeah, yeah, yeah. with people and you're, have sex with them before you get married. <laughs> that's true. You're so speaking of age and stuff. Yeah, you're only a little older than me. You're you're ten ten years older than me. I'm forty three. Yeah, so you're you're okay. You're significantly older than me. Yeah. No, I rem Isn't it weird getting to an age and then looking back to when you were younger and the other people that were at that age and kind of just, yeah. I don't, isn't that a weird thing to think through? And I'm, I, it just occurred to me like, how old were you when we first met? Cause you would have been my age. Yeah. Right. Right around there. That's crazy. Yeah. I was 33. I was just a, you're 31 small. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm 31. Yeah. 31. So when we met, I would have been like 20. Yeah. Yeah. I was 20. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me and Sarah were both 20. That's crazy. You guys were very, very young. Yeah. We were barely out of diapers. Yeah. Well, I was still in diapers, but that was for a medical issue. So that's a joke. I was not in diapers. <laughs> I feel like we should go ahead and jump in. Nope. <laughs> okay. What is that? I'm curious. No, nothing. Okay. <laughs> I want to let it go. Oh, no. I hate when you let things go. Right. All right. I feel like we should just go ahead and uh, do our favorite <clears> segment. <throat> Meet and greet. But up, up, up. Oh, there Ooh, it was. Yeah. Oh, it felt good. It yeah. felt right. Yeah. Oh, my voice was very rested. Yeah. It was especially weeks. shimmery. So yeah. were you listening when Mark was talking about? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I right. went and listened to it. Terrible song. Yeah. Not like content wise. I don't, I don't even know what it's about. I it's still don't It's not interesting know. to listen it's to. It's literally like one of the words, like just like, oh, this is lame. Yeah. Well, that's quite a bit of the catalog. That's I true. Think. For Justin Timberlake? Not uh, some of the sync stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, but I guess that's right. Mark said it was after. NSYNC. Yeah, it was. It was like two thousand three. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, talented fella. He's incredibly talented. Yeah. Some of his stuff I really have you like. seen. Did you see that video of him dancing recently? No. Oh, it was awful. Was it really? I have to do like a public apology. Are you being serious? Yeah, because I don't know. He lost his groove. Something like that. Wait, is this for? Are you? It is. No. Yeah, you can. You can look it up. I'll have to. Rachel showed it to me. That's crazy. I've been off social media for a while, and yeah. um, I think I might stay off. It seems like there's more color in your face. Like yeah. You seem healthier. I feel better. Like the the bags around your eyes are gone. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I took a beating for my hair on Sunday. Just an absolute beating. Really? Oh, my gosh. So What died and lived on your head, Pastor? So, oh, man. So much. Well, I shaved, you know, because yeah. I just... I just felt like there's so much we can do. Yeah. I didn't get a haircut on vacation. And I've yeah. been contemplating trying to grow it. I want long hair for once in my life. Yeah. And I'm 43 and I still got, I got a lot of hair. Yeah. Like, do it before it's gone. Do it before it's gone type of thing. Do the and, man bun. 
Rachel is amenable to it, yeah. but it, there's going to be a ton of awkward hair phases. That's how it goes, man. Which I'm in one right now. Yeah. But I got back from vacation, yeah. and and <laughs> I mean, so people were like, "Hey, are you? What happened? Are you okay? Seriously? Legit? Oh, dude. The words, "Are you okay? What did you do? You look different. <gasps> um, boy, that's a lot of gray hair. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh dude. All, because my hair is as it grows longer, I have gray hair. Yeah, we it, all do. Th- it's gonna be obviously more gray hair. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. If I had feelings, it would have been hurt. Yeah, it's a good thing you're a robot boss. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's I. It, it, uh, now nah, whatever. I'm gonna talk about <laughs> Just it. Just do it. Post vacation, <laughs> Neil. I had, and this person has a great sense of humor yeah. and um they came up and they started i knew where they were going with my hair oh, and uh, this is an individual that is we'll say follically challenged okay and so as they began to talk about my hair i took my hand and put it on top of their head <laughs> and said do you really want to talk about hair oh no and they started laughing so and i knew i've got a relationship yeah, with this yeah, person yeah um but yeah i took an absolute beating oh, somebody man. said to me you know, you you came back with different hair, and your and your face was shaved. You should have just done one or the other. I wasn't ready for both. <laughs> oh my word! I was like, oh like, man. Well, thankfully, this has literally nothing to do with you. So, well, it's, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, there's yeah. a certain part of me that feels this pressure to look a certain yeah. way. Well, I think everyone sees it, and so they want to make a joke about it. But after like the fifth person, it's just like, wow, this seems like a lot. Right. So. And yeah. And again, I I know what it looks like. It's yeah. you know kind of weird right now in it's 90s, fine. and it, it, it'll be you know it's we'll fine, see if dude. I can even get through it. You can. You can do it. And but. I will speak for everyone and say we're behind you. We support you. <laughs> just your little, just your, just that that little feeling of just like I just want to do this for once. Yeah. I'm all for it, dude. And do that's it. what I was, you know, telling Rachel, like, I can get there and be like, eh, I don't like it's this. It's not permanent. No. You, you can, can always it. cut it. Takes 30 minutes. Yeah. And then you can go you can back to what it, it was. I told Sarah, I was like, I wish I would have done like a man bun or something. Just to see. Like, mm-hmm. I, my hair, it was high school when my hair got the longest that I ever got. And it was not long. It was just long enough that I was just like, I, I don't want this. So maybe it's completely up to me and I could have done it, but I really don't want to. Yeah. Um, but I've always been curious you know, but now it's, I'm my, fully prepared to look even worse than yeah. I look now. And yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, if Rachel gets to the point where she's like, listen, that, that has just got to go. <laughs> Our yeah. marriage is in jeopardy because right. of this. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Birds are nesting in it. Like oh, this man. is, then I'm, I'm great, you know, changing it. Could you imagine that? Having a bird nest? Yeah. That'd be pretty nuts, huh? It would be, <laughs> it would be something. <laughs> I'm a very interesting conversationalist. We were just sitting. So, there like, doing... wouldn't it be weird if a bird was in your hair? That's it. <laughs> That's what you'd hear an all the time. Mic up there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. What do um, you want to talk about? Meet and greet, something. Like yeah, that? meet and greet, man. Okay, so we're gonna keep it pretty, like, just about you today. Oh, I love um, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I'm just kidding. More um, me. <laughs> me. Right. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to find out, like, what was your what's your favorite thing about uh about your vacation and Mm. i'm assuming that's probably gonna have to probably be family related time with henry that kind of stuff you can talk about that but then i also want to hear what's something just for you that you really enjoyed on vacation oh man so two Um, things so obviously uh, the best part of vacation was spending time with you know rachel and henry what we did on this vacation 
was really just try to spend time, the three of us together. And it was just great. It was horrifically sad coming back, you know, yeah. the night, um, you know, Sunday night. Yeah. You know, I told Henry, I got to go back to work tomorrow. And he's like, you know, how many days do you have to work? You know, and I'm like the rest of them, like yeah. the rest of my life. And he's like, well, are you going to take Wednesdays off again? I said, yeah, buddy, I'll take Wednesday off again. And and he's like, well, when's your next vacation going to be? And he's like, I don't want you to work. And he's clinging. And it's just super no, sad yeah, because he, he and I just spend so much time together. And then that was during the day. And at night, Rachel and I, I can't even tell you how many nights we stayed up past one or two in the morning. Yeah. We had a few more three and four in the mornings just sitting. That's awesome. Um, we've got a, a gazebo and a patio out back. And so mm-hmm. we just sat under there and if it was cold, we'd have the little fire table going and we just hung out and yeah. just talked and it was just, it was just the best um, time for us. It was kind of like we were dating again. Yeah. We've been together for, you know, since 2005. So yeah. we've been together for 17 years and people constantly change. So you're always getting to know your partner because yeah. their view of something is going to progress right? Uh, or maybe regress, depending on your view. <laughs> <laughs> and you always get to, you know, learn something new. But we talked a lot about the past. Rachel and I mm-hmm. weren't, when we were courting and dating and all that, we didn't spend a lot of time focused on the past. Yeah. And I very much drove that because I'm like, what I was is not what I am. Right. And it just doesn't matter because... You're going to hear what I was and think that's what I am and be like, I'm not going to deal with that. Yeah. And, you know, there had just been growth in maturity. Maturity. Dude, are you like a professor or something? Rachel, that was for you. Maturity. <laughs> there was maturity. Um, <laughs> I was mature. You're so mature. I'm mature. And so we spent a lot of time kind of just digging up some yeah. of that stuff and then just, you know, talking about marriage and, yeah. and life and... um and Henry a lot. Yeah, you know, we're at a <clears throat> we're in in a, a new season with Henry, and it's something that I haven't shared yet, but I, I feel comfortable sharing it now. Yeah. Henry got diagnosed with level one um, high functioning autism, mm-hmm. and so w- we got that uh, diagnosis um, a couple weeks before vacation, yeah. and we've always known um, that Henry kind of you know marched to the beat of his own drummer literally literally yeah. <laughs> kid's a drummer and just speaking of henry's drums like the way his mind works he's yeah. just he's a next level drummer at age i mean he was doing things at, at three and a half four years old that most adults can't do on the yeah. drums and so it's crazy he's always been um unique in his approach to things and we've noticed in the school noticed um that it's been um challenging for him to do certain things, focus mm. on certain things. And so we thought about it and prayed about it for a while and thought, you know, let's just, let's take him, let's get the evaluation. Yeah. And then what we do with that information is between us and Henry and the Lord. Yeah. And um, there's lots of opinions about, um, you know, autism and there's lots of infighting and, you know, yeah. Henry's certainly high functioning. If you spent 10 minutes with Henry, you, you probably wouldn't notice much. If you spend an hour with him, you would notice, uh, particularly if he's around peers, you know, kids mm-hmm. his own age. And so we just wanted to be able to provide for him what he needs. So one of the things that's challenging with the way that uh, Henry's mind works is discipline. And kids by nature wanted people by nature want to do what they want to do. And when you've yes. got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and they don't get their way, they have meltdowns. And Henry's meltdowns always seemed a little bit more 
gravitas mm. than some of the others. And they were always over things that were uh, patterns that he had developed. Mm. For example, if, uh, you know, at nighttime, if uh, I turned on his, he's got a sound machine, if I turned on his sound machine and then turned the light switch off, he would just absolutely lose his mind because he had to do it and it had to be done in a certain order. And so he's very routine. Things have mm. be done in a certain way, certain order. He gets up in the morning, calls Rachel in to his room. She, she, he gets up out of bed. They do, you know, a varying number of routine things before they come into the room. And I'm typically in bed. I have to be in bed, <clears throat> even if I have an early morning. If I um, need to shower and get ready, if I'll take the monitor. And if I hear him up, then I'll have to dart and get in bed. Because it'll it'll be, and part of what they talk about in a lot of the literature that we've read are rage cycles. Mm. And it's hard for them to break. Mm because of the way that their mind uh, works. And so discipline has always been difficult because it, it, we've had to figure out, okay, is this, and, and you, we've come to realize you can't separate them. But part of what I was thinking for, for a long time is this, is this part of his you know, ASD or is this just part of being a five-year-old? Mm. And you can't separate it. There is no separating. He is the way that he is. And that's part of what I processed through just in the last three weeks. And so some of our gazebo nights were spent talking about how to best provide for Henry. Um, There's lots of therapy out there and, you know, whether or not we should or we shouldn't. And, you know, we're just really trying to seek the Lord's will. Henry struggles with socialization, conversations. He loves people and he loves being around people, but he's, you know, hyper-focused on things. And so if you ask him, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's going to be like, yeah, this is a tornado, which is kind of normal for kids, but then the level at which he he is involved in those things. And so part of um, what we were doing is figuring out you know, how do we raise him at, at this point. And then part of what we were doing is also, um, and I'll use this word, and it might be too strong of, of a word, but <clears throat> we're, we're, pro- we're processing, in a sense, um, grief. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean because we're ashamed of Henry. We don't love right. Henry, but there we had we had an an idea that he w- was, mm-hmm. and he's going to live a full, rich, happy life. But it is yeah. going to be challenging for him in a yeah. lot of areas. And so, not grieving the fact that our son is autistic, but, but grieving all that he's going to have to go through as yeah. a, as a parent. You know. Um, is he going to get bullied? Is he going to mm. get picked on? And it's all those yeah. things that you can't know. And all those things, we're not prophets, and right. the Lord's goodness is in all of this. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, but you you do wonder those things. Yeah. And also there was a level of exhaustion. You know, you know uh, Henry's medical history right. and all that the kid has, has gone through um, with, yeah. with, you know, the cancer and all that. And, yeah. and so... Uh, food, food allergies. I mean, he's just had the, the, the lot. Yeah. And so for this, it was kind of like we experienced some fatigue from it. Yeah. And we're still processing through it. Sure. Um, but the Lord has um, really been gracious to us. And so yeah. my favorite part of vacation was spending time with Henry and then spending time with Rachel, specifically yeah. those nights. Um, of just talking about things and our conversations went all over. They weren't all just heavy, serious conversations, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. about Henry. No, I mean, it, it got silly, you know? Um, so it was really, it was really, really good yeah. outside of family. I would say the thing that I <laughs> liked most, um, was the, the break. 
yeah. from study. Uh, if that oh, good, I'm glad you said study and not Jared. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen, man. Like nobody loves the Bible more than me. <laughs> like that's an that's an exaggeration. But I love the Bible, and I was so excited to get back, and so excited yeah. to preach on Sunday. But I needed a break. Yeah, for sure. Like you and I have talked, and we've talked about it on the podcast here. You know, submarines and boats. Yeah. You know, people are subs or their boats. But there's always people diving deep, and I'm a sub. And yeah. so, man, I needed to come. I needed to come up from. I needed some fresh air. Yeah. And so. I decided um, specifically the last week of vacation that I was not even going to read my Bible, which sounds crazy, but I'm like, I am just not going to read it. And then when I got back in on Monday um, to do my normal routine, I opened it up and I I told Rachel, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like (laughs) I longed for it. Not that I don't long for scripture, you know, in February when I've been digging in, you know, for seven, eight months, whatever it is since my last break. Yeah. But it was it was something new. Yeah. It, it was it was like oh yes yes I, I longed mm-hmm. for it. So I needed the break. Yeah, um, sure. I experienced burnout like anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's burnout from study, um, preaching, you know, the admin stuff yeah. here at the church, um, counseling. There, mm-hmm. There's all of it. It's not my job is not just get up on Sunday morning, make a couple jokes about cotton and silk and then sit down and hope somebody found Jesus through that. Like that's not, it's much more involved than that. And I don't know if people necessarily understand um, what that entails. Right. And so just getting the break from the actual work. Yeah. And I'm always so thankful that, you know, by week three, when the clock is winding down and I know I need to come back that I'm not dreading it. Um, at all, there's there's a part of me that would never like to work again. Sure. Like, did you see what the lottery was? It was like $1.2 billion or something yes, like that. Yes, I also saw that after taxes, the person got like $370 million. Right, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which is nuts. Yeah. That's still plenty to live on, I think. Well, yeah. almost. At least you can live somewhat yeah. okay. <laughs> right. You got to shop at Aldi and stuff. But right. You, but be okay. you know, that whole if you win the lottery, would you ever work? I, mean, oh, no, yeah, I, no, I don't think anybody would want to, yeah. to to work. Nobody wants to work. I love the work that I do, yeah. um, you know, but I was not, I was excited to come back. I was excited yeah. to get back in the saddle right. and excited to see. I missed you guys. I really did. Um, I miss being with you guys and just yeah. our conversations and you guys are my friends and, mm. um, I love doing the work. And so, yeah. yeah, favorite part was certainly Rachel and Henry. And then, um, the break was the other part. That's great. And week three was great because we just pounded food. Yeah. It was unbelievable. What was the trashiest thing you ate? Oh man. Come on. <laughs> tell us. I don't know. Um, Fast food wise, we didn't really eat. I mean, it's all trash. I would say, I would say this: the cheese on a stick at Cedar Point <laughs> just felt filthy. Yeah, because it was literally just a wad of cheese. A wad. A wad of cheese just covered. Makes it sound gross. Oh well, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> And it, in this cornbread, you know, breading, the corn dog breading. Oh, and then so they good. just deep fry it. Oh, and that, that that cornbread is just a sponge for the grease. So when I bit into it, it was similar to like a gusher or oh, something. Man. Where it shot grease in the back of my throat and cheese on the roof of my mouth. It was excruciatingly good. <laughs> and then I pulled the Sounds stick so out. And then it was just, it was just this blob. Yeah, and I told Rachel, I was like, "You want a bite of this?" 
She's like, no. She's like, I'm not touching that thing. I'm like, maybe just a little bit. Look at this, this juicy part. <laughs> so after I ate that, I felt really horrible. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, you walk around Cedar Point forever. Dude. But some of the best trash food is at Cedar Point. Yeah. And elephant ear. I had a peanut butter yeah. milkshake. On oh, vacation. was it good? Mind blowing. Where'd you get it? Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dairy Queen. You don't care for about Dairy Queen. What? This is this whole movement. I've been getting blizzards for, I don't know, 40 years now. Yeah. Um, And now it's a thing, and I think it's been a thing for a while. I just don't go to Dairy Queen often where they get the blizzard. Rachel gets yeah. the blizzard, and they they turn it over. Yeah. To go, see? Yeah. It's thick. Yeah. Why? Haven't they always done that? No. When yeah. I was a kid, they just, blizzard, here you go. Oh. But somewhere along the lines, somebody must have complained. It's like to prove we have the perfect consistency. Right. I don't know how that happens. It just <laughs> so seems like, like a, I don't believe you're actually making those with the right consistency. Right. I feel bad for Too these runny. workers. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then what if they don't? I don't know. I don't understand just it. Just this all over the counter. Well, the lady was handing it to me. I didn't know she was going to do the flip. And so I'm reaching out, and, and we almost grazed top of Blizzard with palm of hand. Oof. Don't like that. And so I almost like palmed the bottom of this, and she hands. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, the, the did you ask? Did you actually ask her? No. Why? Just find out. Like, what does the manual at Dairy Queen say for employees? I at this point, what's the purpose? I I didn't want an explanation. I need. I just, just give me the thing. Let me get out of here because I was in a rage cycle. <laughs> <laughs> what? So peanut butter uh, shake. Yeah. Is that your normal go-to Dairy Queen order, or do you have something else that you're just... So like, we were coming home from Cedar Point, and I was driving. Yeah. And so... So you just need something you could drive in right. and enjoy. Yeah, I, I couldn't spoon hold and or hold spoon and, you know, yeah. drive with knees. Stick your knees the, up. On, yeah. Right. I, yeah. Okay, so if you're sitting and you have your hands, what what's your Dairy Queen order? Oh, boy. Probably some type of blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Anything Definitely. peanut butter chocolate. Rachel yeah. got a caramel cheesecake blizzard oh it was unbelievable that sounds so good it was so good she had it on the drive home i don't like to be fed like i'm not a i I wouldn't have made a good king (laughs) with the palm branches and the grapes i don't want to don't feed me yeah Yeah, i just don't like it for some reason yeah (laughs) always rachel's like what's your problem with this (laughs) and i'm I'm like don't feed me i'll feed myself oh my um but at this, I'm driving, so we had no, you know, had no choice. And yeah. so she's like, "Do you want a caramel bit?" She, so she was like shoveling this into my mouth. Oh man! And it was, it was really good. Sounds really good. And I feel so bad because Henry has an allergy to milk. Oh no! So we always bring him something yeah. along too, and he's like, "This marshmallow's great." <laughs> <laughs> this poor kid has no idea what he's missing. Oh man! Oh, we pray all the time, Lord, just heal him so yeah, we can just so experience. Can yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh. You are exhausted today. Oh, my today. gosh. I know, man. I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on, because I didn't see this much yawning when Mark was on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Maybe you should hang out with my dad. Your bro- <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually stayed awake for the podcast <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, um, no. so Dairy Queen has this stuff. It's like this peanut butter crunchy stuff with the with the um, sprinkles and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's all yeah. just this one thing. It's one ingredient, and it's that together with the sprinkles i don't know what happened i used to like all the fancy blizzards and about probably the year before we moved to texas so like six and a half years ago yeah i discovered that a blizzard with like and this is going to sound really bad but like four or five scoops of that stuff 
crunchy. What do you it's, say to it's them? Ju- it's just peanut butter crunch, I guess. Is that, is that, that what it's I, called? I'm always unsure of what to say. So I'm like, yeah, can I just get a blizzard with like four or five scoops of that crunch, like the peanut butter crunchy, uh, like sprinkle stuff? <laughs> and they're okay. always like, oh, okay, yeah. So uh, it comes with three. You you want four or five? I'm like, oh, yeah. As much as you can. Like, okay. is there a limit? Like, I'll pay for well, more. You just order a side cup of that stuff. It's literally that. I yeah. will take a cup of that and just put like a, you know, the soft serve, just go, Okay, that's all. Yeah. That stuff is so good. I've never had it. My goodness. Huh. If you like peanut butter, I think you'd like that. I but I, really I don't like want to oversell butter. it, and I don't want you to try and be like, Jared's a liar. I wouldn't think that. Yeah. Well, you'd have to wait a year to try it, because I know you don't really go to Dairy Queen very often. <laughs> right, next, next break. Next break next year. <laughs> Put this on the list, Neil. <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, yeah, that is... Anyways, well, it sounds like you had a great time. We did. Um, we, we did. We really did. It was... Nice to to be away, but it is truly yeah. good to good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be back here. Yeah, it's good to have you back with um, my co-host. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it is. You know, it's kind of like when there's a special like feeling of being at ease when like you know, did you your parents leave you at home and you yeah. get kind of a space? So that's kind of how years. it felt. Like I felt like man, all anxiety is gone. I feel mm. light as a feather now that Neil is on vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. And now that you're back, it's just all back. Yeah. I can feel that weight on my shoulders. That's why I have cameras everywhere at the church. It's like, he's watching me right now. Like, man, Jared has been in the East Wing Worship Center on TikTok for a really long time. <laughs> it's probably making more a like, dance video. <laughs> oh, it's, well, no, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Anyways, so. Yeah, a boy. <laughs> so anyways, uh, well, very cool. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, good to be glad here. we get back to the, to the podcast. And we've got some questions. We do. Let me talk about Sunday. Yeah, uh, real talk quick. about it. We've got a new series, huh? We do. Sorry, not sorry is the is the series, and this series was inspired by uh, Paul's words in Second Corinthians chapter seven. I've always found that section of scripture not just interesting, yeah, from a, a theology standpoint and from a contextual standpoint. You know, what's he talking about? What specifically was he talking about? But for me personally, the style of <laughs> the style of person I am, that the type of preacher I am, the type of person I am, mm-hmm. has always preferred direct and real conversations. Mm. I can't can't stand the fluff. I can't stand you know beating around the bush, passive aggressive, all that. And I need to make allowance for others' faults and differences. Yeah. Not every difference is a fault, but some differences are faults. I need to yeah. make allowance for both and need to try to meet people where they are. But my preferred mode of communication in my relationships, in my marriage, with my son, with this church, with these people here that God has brought us is to just say what it really is. Yeah. And this is what I loved about Second uh, Corinthians 7, where Paul is like, you know, I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first. And then he just continues on talking about, listen, it it hurt, but it produced change mm. in you. And a lot of what I've said over the last, uh, it'll be eight years that I've been in this role uh, in November of this year, a lot of what I, boy, that's coming up quick. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, a lot of what I said has been very direct. It's been mm-hmm. very... It's all out of God's word. It's not my opinion. Yeah. And 
that's the type of preaching I like to do, and that's the type of preaching I like to listen to, and that's the type of conversations that I prefer to have. I love to have fun. I like to be light, all that kind of stuff. But when the rubber meets the road, when it's time to solve a problem, it's time to make a change. Yeah. Let's just let's just cut all the garbage. Let's just get rid of all the all again, all the fluff, all yeah. the smoke and mirrors, and let's just have a real a real conversation. And so I love I love that because Paul talking about listen, I know that this hurt you, yeah. and I wasn't pumped that it hurt you, but the hurt produced change. And the hurt, and, and we'll open this up, the hurt was not because he was being harsh. He was just telling the truth, yeah. calling it as he sees it. And that is something that, I mean, particularly culture just hates right now. I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, somebody sent me this rant that Bill Maher went on about the body positivity movement. Mm. And his whole thing was, you know, body positivity, fine, but let, let, not at the risk of being unhealthy mm. and, and what we're teaching children and all this sort of stuff. And, and it was really interesting. But there's this idea in culture right now that whatever I am, you need to accept. Yeah. What, whatever it is. If I want to do this, if I want to say this, if I want to be this, if I'm not this, but I want to claim to be this, you have to accept it. Nobody can say anything. There are there is no right and wrong. Everything exists in a gray area. My truth is is my truth, and if your truth isn't my truth, that's fine. And that's all a bunch of hogwash. There's yeah. there's one truth. There's the truth of God's word. And so yeah. they were hurt not because Paul was harsh, but because he held them accountable. He held their feet to the fire, so to speak, nose of the grindstone. He's like, this is what you're, yeah. this is what you're doing. And so this series was born out of that scripture, and as it related to building a series, there are many things that I've talked about over the last, you know, almost eight years in in ministry, and so what I did for this series is I took bits and pieces mm. of other sermons, not series, but other sermons where I've addressed Matthew 18, where I've talked about recognizing sin, I'm like, let me just reduce this down, yeah. because what I'm finding more and more, particularly where our world is now, is people are constantly pointing out other people's offenses. Mm -hmm. They're calling them out on Facebook, they're calling them out on Twitter, and it's happening in the world, and it's happening, you know, in the church, and we need we need to do that. We're called to hold one another accountable, but we need to do it in a way that honors God. Yeah. Um, I had somebody come up to me on Sunday and was like, I feel this is deja vu. I feel like I've heard this series before, and they're like, I, and then they said, step two, step three, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's Matthew 18, and we've talked about Matthew 18, and so the idea behind this series is, First of all, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> if I start coming up with things that you haven't heard before in the Bible, that's either because you haven't read them in the Bible or I'm off the rails. <laughs> the fifth person of the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> you know what try means, right? <laughs> the quadrinity. <laughs> the heptrinity. <laughs> coming this fall, octotrinity. <laughs> so eight sets of three <laughs> the, tr the 23rd person of god oh is my. that's a lot it is it's a really long movie um <laughs> it's a mini series this is a sci-fi channel thing right sci-fi oh, channel original <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's not this is these are things that if they've been in the church for a while they're going to sound familiar. But the idea of this is to dig one deeper, which is why the subsets are the subsets. Mm -hmm. Subsets we've talked about recognize before, yeah. um, and we've talked about recognizing your own sin, connecting those dots. And yeah. so the idea is to give people a four step process to when they see somebody doing something, you can say something in the church. It's not our job to judge outsiders. We covered that Second uh, Corinthians five or First Corinthians five, and 
so we got to say something, but but what we say, how we say it, when we say it, and then mm-hmm. most, almost most importantly, what we'll hit on the very last sermon is why. Yeah. Why, why are we really offering correction to this person? Yeah. And so that's the series we're in now. I'm preaching all of these ones and excited to do it, and I'm hoping that um, the Lord will use this as a means to help us do our part. And certainly we make allowance for one another's faults, but when we see other Christians that are wrapped up in sin, we need to say something with a particular goal in, yeah. in mind. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And then, uh, great. so yeah, Atrium's a week behind. So when they're listening yeah. to this, we'll be several steps in at this point. Yes. Awesome. But we well, did get a couple of questions. Yeah, today. we did. Not related to sorry. Not related. Not but, sorry. But uh, I am excited about the new series. It's going to be really helpful, I think. And uh, certainly something that people wonder about, you know. Yeah. Like, what what do I do if I see another Christian who's kind of caught in sin, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think it's going to be really practical. Yeah, I'm really excited helpful. for it. So cool. Well, jumping in, here is our first question. And you're right. Not sorry. Uh, not sorry. Not sorry. Related. <laughs> what? That's a, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> not relating to sorry, uh, not sorry. So, anyways, here we go. <laughs> the King of Hearts. <laughs> anyways, one. here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. The King of Hearts series, uh, really good. All the sermons were helpful, but the sermon that I read from my reference notes is The Good Heart by Pastor Bob, uh, which says, Know my Bible, know my heart. Mm. Um, so my question is, how can God uh, slash faith repair and fix a broken heart caused by grief? And then they cite Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit, which happens to be one of my favorite verses. Yeah. Super encouraging. But yeah, so that's the question. How can God slash faith repair and fix a broken heart caused by grief? I think it's important, and this is, as I feel like I do in every episode, <laughs> my desire, and I love this format, but I would love to sit down with all these people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> because the first thing I have to, to ask is, what do you mean by repair and fix a broken heart? Um, what does it mean to yeah. to be repaired or, or to be fixed to be healed what do you mean by broken heart what is the source of that heartbreak is it um you know uh related to relationship right you know uh my husband cheated on me my wife cheated on me my kids don't talk to me anymore i'm heartbroken because i lost my job yeah is it heartbreak because you're mourning the loss of a loved one you've got a a diagnosis whatever it is heartbreak can be all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. And so my question would be, what do you mean by repair and fix a broken heart? And then they do cite, you know, Psalm 34, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. So that that's a wonderful verse. Um, and I want to do a little exegesis on that. I think the better verse as it relates to that is Psalm 147. And I'll just leaf to it. So in Psalm 147, we've got this, there's so many verses that talk about the heart. So uh, verse 3, yeah, I'll start in verse 1. Um, the, the whole heading of this is he heals the brokenhearted. Yeah. These last psalms are a lot of praise yeah. psalms. So praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up uh, Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel, and here we go. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Uh, 
And then he goes on to to talk about all that. So he yeah. heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I think that's perhaps a better verse as it relates to this question. Yeah. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because had I not, somebody would have found that. And yeah. like, well, what about that one? <laughs> because Come on, Neil. Psalm 34, 18, yeah. the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. That word saves, that Hebrew word there is better understood as help. And so it, the Lord helps the crushed spirit, and no, nowhere is he promising repair, promising fixing. And even, and this is really important, uh, even in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted. Mm. So the question becomes, what do you mean by fix or repair? But I'm going to assume fix and repair for them is is wanting to get back to that original state prior to wherever the heartbreak took place. Yeah. In other words, you're going along in life, and I'm going to use the example of death because I think that mm. this is a really relatable example. Somebody, a loved one, husband, wife, child, mother, father, they they die. Yeah. You are brokenhearted. You're mm-hmm. grieving that loss. How does God fix that? And if the expectation or the hope is that God will somehow restore the same mental state same state of peace and comfort and joy that you had prior to the loss. I'm not sure that that's a reasonable um, expectation, and and I'm not sure it's the healthiest Mm. expectation. Trial is what makes us grow. Normally, if you're brokenhearted, it's because there's a trial. Mm. And if you can eliminate the heartbreak then you might eliminate the possibility of growth through Mm. that heartbreak. And so what would be helpful is to know what the heartbreak is producing. If it's incapacitating you, if you can't go on, if you can't Mm -hmm. get out of bed, if you can't go see a movie anymore because you used to go to the movie with your husband all the time, if you can't, now, now perhaps that is an unhealthy amount of heartbreak, Mm. grief, whatever it is. And if you want the Lord to help you move past those things, he can help you move past those things, but he, he's not going to necessarily fix in that he will restore the original state. Mm. I think the best way to understand he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, Psalm 147, three is that just because you're healed doesn't mean you're the same. Yeah. Think about a person that has broken an arm, mm-hmm. and they've, they're have they healed, but every time it rains, man, they feel that elbow, or they feel right. that shoulder, or they feel that form, or they feel that knee. They're healed, yeah. but they're not back to their original state. Yeah. Scar tissue exists as a means to, to, to heal, yeah. But it's not nearly as malleable, flexible as the typical connective tissue that uh, was in place prior to the injury. Right. And so this idea of being healed doesn't necessarily mean being restored to what you were prior mm-hmm. to that. So the idea that something is healed doesn't mean that it's restored. Yeah. It's not necessarily back to its original state or even like the way we think of restoration is not 
necessarily that way. Yeah. And yeah, think about restoring like an old car. Yeah. Um, before you restore an old car, you have to dismantle it. Yeah. And so if you're experiencing grief, there might be a certain amount of dismantling of your own viewpoints of mm. the world and oftentimes if we're, if we're brokenhearted that that can be because we loved something it can yeah. also and this is what's so dangerous and it's hard to even talk about this kind of stuff is man we idolize a lot of things we'll idolize our kids and our mm-hmm. parents and we I mean we just put them on such a pedestal and so the the fact that we're brokenhearted is certainly rooted in in love but maybe we've just got too much of our identity wrapped up in being mm. a parent or a husband or a or whatever it is I'm yeah. brokenhearted because I lost my job well, yeah. you know we have to remember that and this is what I'm going to kind of slowly transi- transition into because the the question is how can God do this and I, I think he does it by through his word um, and through relationships. But part of what happens is that we get so enamored by these things in our life Mm. that when that season ends, and I mean, what, what do we do in life that doesn't end? (laughs) Nearly everything we do ends. Every hobby you have eventually at some point will end. Um, every, Every relationship, every relationship will end at some point because people people die yeah. that's that's the way of the world that's what the lord has has allowed so if the expectation is that god's going to come in and, and heal and restore to original i think that that's um i think that's an incorrect expectation to have i don't and i don't think it's a healthy view because you'll and i've done a lot of grief counseling uh, with people over the years and uh, i'll have people you know that have experienced specifically like death in a family and they're like i i can't seem to get over this and i always respond with why do you need to get over it well i mean they passed away 5 6 7 years ago and i'm still crying about it mm. so 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 what i mean are you are you able to get out of bed can you function i mean you're not yeah. dealing with clinical depression you're sad yeah you miss them you love them it would be weird if somebody died and you were just like, "Well, all right, I guess that's it," and then you just move, you just move on. And so you don't have to get over it; you got to get through it. Yeah, you got to get through it. And how does God get us through these things? And I want to go ahead and just bring us to um, a couple of different places. We'll start with Second Corinthians um, because the question is, how can God slash faith, which is again a whole other um, question that I would like to ask this individual, you know, what do you mean by God and, and faith and how are you separating the two? But Second Corinthians chapter 1, Paul kind of starts off this book with some big encouragement. He What he normally does, uh, he gives his resume in you know, Paul, an apostle of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, by will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth with all the saints who are uh, in the whole um, of Achaia, Christ, or grace to you and peace from God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. And then here he goes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The word comfort's in there about a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So Paul refers to God as the God of all comfort. So how does he do this? Well, it's who, it's who God is. It's part yeah. of his nature. He's a God of, um, think about the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. he comes and he counsels, he comforts, he gives us that that uh, um, peace. 
and he's called the Wonderful Counselor. So all of this lends itself to God being a God of comfort, and so he is going to comfort us in our troubles. And one of the ways that he does that is through his Word. And one of the things that the Word tells us to do, uh, if we flip over to flip to Philippians, Philippians, oh. Philippians, flip Philippians, um, which is this tiny little book that's sandwiched after Ephesians here. So Philippians chapter four, and it's one that we've read a thousand times, but we're going to do it again because it's important. Finally, uh, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. That's what we're supposed to do. In the section above that, it's this whole rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then here we go. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he continues with that. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. So all of this connects together. And brokenheartedness can produce a lot of different things. Grief Mm -hmm. can produce a lot of different things. A longing, anxiety, panic, depression. And it's all... It's all covered in Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice always. Tell God what you need. And so if you are experiencing grief from the loss of a loved one, Mm -hmm. then spending time remembering those things that were great about that individual is certainly one way to, to do that. Yeah. But even that is, I don't think, complete. I think what Paul's talking about here is focusing on Christ, setting your thoughts on the realities of heaven. Um, And this is not to say that you just forget the memory of the individual who's no longer there or the boyfriend that you once had or the girlfriend. It's not about that. When you start to focus on God, all of a sudden the minuscule size and nature of all other things becomes more apparent. It's just not nearly as important as we think it is whatever that thing is. Our relationship with God is primary. It 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 it's everything. And God is He's massive. He's huge. And what He desires from us is our He desires glory. He desires us to praise Him and worship Him. And so if you want to start to heal that scar tissue to come in, then shift shift your focus um, maybe away, not from, again, that individual or forget them. I'm not saying just forget them and just praise Jesus and everything going to be fine. Yeah. That's not it, but it's going to put things into perspective. Yeah, It's going to put things into perspective. And so shifting that that focus, I think, is, is really important. So how does God uh, fix and repair the brokenhearted? He, he heals that heart, and he does it by means of spiritual scar tissue, mm-hmm. which will, will kind of come in there and fill those gaps, hopefully allow you to be functional. If you find that you're in a state of being completely broken, that it's incapacitated you and that you cannot you cannot go on, well, then it's time to start seeking the counsel of others. Yeah. He's, he's, his word is good, right? But he heals us through his word and through, through others. And so that's where those relationships with other believers that we talked about in the King of Hearts series, like getting advice, having yeah, those iron and sharpening iron, that's where that starts to come into place. And whether mm-hmm. or not that's a relationship with somebody that is in your life already, maybe somebody that has a shared memory or a shared um, relationship with the person that you lost or the grief you're experiencing, or whether or not it's a professional, a, yeah. a licensed Christian counselor, yeah. 
or whatever route, um, you know, a pastor, whatever that is, you go in and you start to get that advice, seek that advice because plans fail for lack of counsel. With many advisors, they succeed. Yeah. And so he heals through his word. He heals through others. Certainly he heals through his Holy Spirit, but his Holy Spirit is what reveals and leads you to yeah. his word. But again, to kind of summarize and to reiterate, if the expectation is that you're going to be restored to it, your original state right. prior to the heartbreak, I think that's an unreasonable yeah. um, expectation. And I'm not saying this person's silly or you know, for, for wanting that or even suggesting that. I don't even really know if that's what they're suggesting yeah. because it's, this is all kind of lost in textation here. Right. But that's how he he does it. Um, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. That's a much more complex verse than some might think. Brokenhearted could refer to people that are outside of the faith. And yeah. so, um, and then saves, again, the better understanding is, is helps. So Psalm 147.3 he will heal the brokenhearted. He binds their wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting because yeah. binding a wound, it's a process, right? right? Healing is not instantaneous. Can God heal instantaneous? Of course. Has right. he healed instantaneous? Yeah. Of course. But if he's binding a wound, he's letting he's letting his creation, the cells in your body, if you mm-hmm. want to take it literally, do their job. Yeah. You know, bring what they need through blood, through circulation, whatever it is to come in and, and heal those things. Yeah. And so it takes it takes time and a certain amount of, I'll say, regression. I talked about this on Sunday. Progress with some regress is still progress. Right. And so even though it's been five years and you're still crying, you know, once a month, you're out of bed. Yeah. You can get your job done, all these sorts of things. Um, do you have thoughts, my boy? Not really, man. I mean, you really addressed it and covered it really well. But um, I really appreciate kind of that idea of, you know, I think we would defeat the purposes God has in those times of suffering, those times of grief, if we did try to return to the way it was before. Even though many times that is our desire. Like, I wish none of this would have happened. Right. Like, we want I the wish good old this days. wasn't. Yeah. I wish yeah. this isn't how it went. Right. Um, but you can still be healed without, and you can still be find restoration, mm-hmm. um, you know, through, you know, through that and through those, those seasons. And in some ways we find that we're more spiritually whole because the Lord has done a work in us through, through those times of, of sadness, those times of suffering, those times of frustration and stuff. And so, um, but just that idea of like scar and stuff, like I can, I can get us, you know, Addison, my daughter can get a scrape on her knee and she might, or no, let's say this, Judah was born with a screwed up kidney. He needed surgery yeah. to get it fixed. Yeah. He had to go through a surgery. He had to have an operation. They had to cut some stuff out and re reconnect some stuff, redo some of his, uh, internal plumbing and stuff. And he has a scar on the side of his body now that's healed and it's done, but he's more whole now than he was before that scar was there. Yeah. Um, so, and I think sometimes that's how it is. We have sinful hearts and we have, you know, we have a sinful nature that's corrupted by sin. And, um, and many times, even those of us who profess Christ, we still have corrupted thoughts. We have corrupted beliefs. We, none of us is the perfect theologian. None of us believes perfectly, trusts Jesus perfectly. And like you said, many times we still have idols and stuff in our, in our life. And we don't like to think this way, but many times, I mean, we just went through summer storms. Mark talked a lot about this, of the reality that, um, it's not merely that Jesus meets us in the storm, but 
the storm is Jesus's storm. He's yeah. the he's the he's god the of the, the storm. He's, yeah. he's the god of the storm. Yeah. He's not just the god of the outcome. He's the god of right. yeah. And so uh, we need to remember that he has purposes for us in that suffering as well and he's going to do a good work in us and it's our job to respond, to obey, to repent where we need to and to trust him in the process. Um and, and knowing that, you know, ultimately, you know, we can, we can, you know, put one foot in front of the other. We can take the natural steps that, that are right for us to take, but ultimately it's him to complete, it's up to him to complete that good work that he, that he started in us. And in many ways that are, that are frustrating. And sometimes it's, it's, um, you know, something that we can grieve about the world that we live in, but that final completed work, uh, is not going to be done this side of eternity. Right. It's it's when we're finally made whole in the presence of Jesus in it's heaven. It's part of the so, hope that we have. Yeah, that's the hope is right. that you if know if we can fix it here, we yeah he's going to wipe away every tear. Right. Um. So that the <laughs> I think the implication is there that there are going to be tears up until that day. Yeah. You know? For sure. And so um, I did know. a sermon series uh, called the L words years ago, and one of the words uh, was loss, mm. and so um. If you are listening to this and you want more on this uh, topic of loss and yeah. and grief, then I um I would refer you to go to the sermons page and go to the archive. Yeah, and then on the left hand side you should see yeah. um, the L words. Mm-hmm. Just dig through that. That might be helpful for for yeah. some of us. But That's good. yeah, un- unfortunately and fortunately, uh, this is God's this this is God's modality. You know, this is why James addresses consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. Right. And that seems so counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, oh yay. Yeah. Storm. Oh yeah. yay. And I gotta tell you, man, it's a rare person that can be like that in the storm. Yeah. It it, it re- is really, really difficult. Yeah. And I've failed in that area a trillion times. Yeah. With the hope of, you know, getting getting better, learning yeah. from that. It reminds me of of Bob, honestly, and I don't think he would, because he said this publicly. I don't think he would have a problem with us talking about this or just sharing it. But I mean, he said to me, the fact that he has cancer, um, you know, right now that's just under observation. There's nothing right. to be done, yeah. and he said he has learned um, to be thankful for his cancer, yeah, um, because of what God's done uh, in it. And so, um, yeah, it's. It's cool to hear that, um, and it's another example. I mean, I wonder if that's another way that that uh, comforting others with the comfort that you've received plays that's out it. in that in that interpersonal relationship. You know, I can look to Bob, and he's further down the road than me. He's been through more than me. He's, yeah. you know, he's more mature in the faith than I am, and he's going through a trial, and and because of what God's doing in him, now he can be an example to me and others of how we can we can face the storms of life. That's part yeah. of how God distributes his peace. Yeah. Is through the suffering of his children when she's comforted. Yeah. So that they can comfort others. And yeah. it's a tough thing because we're so singularly and insularly focused yeah. that we think that everything's about us. Sure. That you know, that there's a movie and we are the lead right. in the movie. Um, yeah, but, but that's, that's not it there. You know, Jesus is always the lead Yeah, yeah God's always the lead in the movie that's good. and, and we're, we're barely extras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're his masterpiece, but at the end of the day, yeah. the story's about him yeah, and right. how he redeems his, his mm-hmm. children, but he's out for his, his glory. And that's not to diminish or make insignificant the things that we experience, but you know, Bob's cancer is not just for Bob. Yeah. 
one of the things I said to Rachel, um, after we found out, you know, got the official diagnosis that Henry, um, was, uh, you know, level one autistic was, okay, God, you're allowing this. So let's see what we, let's see what we do with this. Yeah. And because I know that God is going to take this and going to, to use it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. in, in my life as a pastor and Rachel's life, um, in my life as a human, right. <laughs> Rachel's life as a human and Henry's life, he's going to use it. And yeah. he does work all things together for the good of those that love him. We know that to be true as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, us experiencing that trial is not just for our growth, but it's yeah. for the growth of others mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Because you really can go good. to somebody and go, okay, well, you went through this. How's it yeah. going? Or you're going through this. How, do, how are you processing yeah. through it? And so that's part of how God certainly how God moves. That's good. Thank you for asking this question. Absolutely. Listener. Great question. All right. For our last question today. Hi guys. Hello there. There are many verses in the Bible where God speaks strongly against incest. Here we go. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> I Wake dozed, up, Neil. <laughs> I dozed off for a moment. No. In Genesis 5-4, it mentions that Adam and Eve had sons and daughters. Did Adam and Eve's children use incest to continue to populate the earth? Just looking for your thoughts on this. Well, pretty simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want to say it together? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all, right. all the time we have for today. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, to this listener, um, thank you for asking this question. Um Although we jest in the beginning of, um, obviously, this is a, a question I've been asked a, a whole lot. And it's one that's a little bit jarring mm. for the majority yep. of us. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try my best um, to help uh, develop uh, an understanding of of this. So yeah, there are many verses in the Bible where God speaks strongly against in- incest. And, and yeah. Uh, there are the most notable, I think, being um, Leviticus 18, and we'll just start. We'll just start there, yeah, because I think that's um, this is the longest rant we get on uh, this particular bit of sexual immorality. I love rants. <laughs> Those are runts. Oh, <laughs> dude, runts are good. You eat rants at the theater. <laughs> No, I knew a guy that went once and had a rant and got canceled it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess eighteen six. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, None of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. Uncover nakedness is having sex, yeah. you know, sexual relations. Uh, this is just how the ESV puts it, and it's the direct. It's more of a direct translation. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She's your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, or your mother's daughter, whether whether brought up in the family or in another home. So they're talking mm. about... Like step siblings. Yeah, yeah. Step. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or or of your daughter's daughter, for their nakedness is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, brought up in your father's family, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother, 
That is, you shall not approach his wife. She's your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She's your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter, and you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is depravity. And you shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanliness. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife and so make yourself unclean with your... You shall not uh, give any of your children to offer them to Moloch and so profane the name of your Lord. I am the Lord your God. And then it goes on to go, you shall not lie with a male as a woman. Uh, You shall... Sorry, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. So covering homosexuality. There. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. Uh, Moses just kind of keeps going yep. uh, on this <laughs> stuff. And I mean, that's a mind bender. I, I couldn't even yeah. keep track of who's who. Yeah, it's like a family tree. And right. Like second cousins, third nephew. And right. I don't he, know what any of this is. What the Lord had him do is try to cover every type of yeah. uh, perversion as it relates to incest. Yeah. And so... Um, I think what this listener is probably referring to is maybe something like this. There's more in I mean, Leviticus 20. I mean, we get some of the consequences uh, from this. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both um, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If a man lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Mm. So if you were busted doing any of this incest stuff, it was lights out. You're yeah, done. you're done. You're, yeah, they're going to kill you. Yeah, that's what it is. And so this is part of the uh, Mosaic law. This is the mm-hmm. law of Moses. This is the law that God gave to Moses. Yeah. So you've got all of these examples, uh, specifically in Genesis 5-4, which is the one we're going to talk about. Um, and I'll just flip there to read this. Oh, no. What has happened? My Bible's been smashed. <laughs> Satan did it. Oh, no. Um, I don't oh, know. you're still smashing stuff. I oh don't have time gosh. for this. Oh, I can't. It's bothering you're, me. You're like my roadie right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're bothering me on kick that cable. <laughs> Untangle my cord. I'm busy playing. <laughs> Got your guitar too. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Genesis. I'm the talent. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the artist requests. <laughs> so I heard somewhere. Um, who was it? It was Dave Chappelle. Um, I had heard uh, this thing from him. He was talking about um, he knew Prince. Mm. And the the reason that the Prince called himself the artist was his way of kind of getting back at the record labels Mm. because his contracts were so impersonal and they wanted so much of him and his money that he was just referred to as the artist. So he's like, if you guys have reduced me to the artist, then I'll do that. Wow. This is what Chappelle said anyways. Wow. Anyways, from Dave Chappelle back to the Bible. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's quite quite a segue <laughs> thank you genesis 5 4 um this is the book of generations i'm starting in in uh verse one when god created man he made him in the likeness of god male and female he created him and he blessed them and named uh, them man when they were created when adam lived 130 years he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him seth the days of adam after he fathered seth were 800 years Excuse me. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded it all right after lunch. <laughs> Oof. Um, uh, uh, so we're 800 years, and he and his other sons, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Uh, 
I heard your and Mark's thing about creation mm. and, and yam and all that. Is yeah. that a legit 930 years? Yeah, kiddos, it is. It's a legit 930 years. And this is important to remember that Adam lived 930 years. Just as you're listening to this, just kind of keep that in the back pocket. So you've got Adam and Eve at 130. All of a sudden, some kids start popping out, and then he had other sons and daughters. How was the earth populated? Did the sons and daughters, did the brothers and sisters have sex and procreate and multiply in the earth? The answer almost assuredly has to be yes. There's yeah. there's no other way. Yeah, uh, There are lots of theories out there. Well, Adam and Eve were you know, certainly there, but by the time Adam and Eve had sons and daughters, it was 130 years they were on the earth. God had probably made more human beings. We don't get it. It doesn't make any sense with the redemption. It doesn't make any sense with with a lot of things. So there there really is no other answer. So the question becomes, well, if incest is a sin, Leviticus 18, then why was it okay in Genesis? And what we need to keep in mind, and this is if we got to be pretty mature in our understanding of this, but what makes something a sin is God deciding it's a sin. And before Leviticus 18, God had not decided, before the Mosaic law, God had not decided that it was sin. So, what Adam and Eve's children were doing in the eyes of God was not sinful. The law was not in place. They were not violating God's law. For example, you got yourself a good old-fashioned country road, and it's a straightaway. You just happen to have a 1984 Trans Am with an eagle on the hood and a couple of T-tops off. Mm. Maybe Def Leppard is playing. Probably. Probably. There's no posted speed limit sign, and you decide it's it's time to get moving. And so you slam on that gas, and you go 75, 85, 150 miles an hour. That's quite the jump. 75, 85, 150. <laughs> this is not autobiographical. Okay. In any way. Of course it's not. I promise. <laughs> well... All of a sudden, the uh, local authorities notice a lot of people are ripping down that road. So they post a speed limit sign that says 45. Oh. Now, prior to that speed limit sign, was the person in the Trans Am breaking a law? No, they're just being stupid. You shouldn't go 150 miles an hour on a road. And there might be some type of law that I'm not aware of that somebody's going to be like, well, you know, a non-posted speed limit signs and this, like, I don't know any of that, but just, yeah, yeah. just take this example for Hypothetically, what it is. at least, yeah. Hypothetically, you're not breaking the law yeah. until the law is put in place. Yeah. So if God had not instituted this law at, at this point, what was happening in Genesis wasn't simple. What was happening between Adam and Eve's sons and daughters was God did not view sinful. What's begged the question kind of, well, then why did it become sinful in Leviticus 18? And the answer is we don't know. Mm. We don't know. Not, not all sin, not the action that is deemed sinful is always considered sinful. There are certain, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, but I'll just briefly touch on it again. There are certain acts that are 
sinful based on circumstances. Sex is like one of the best examples of yeah. this. Sex outside of a marriage, bad. Mm-hmm. Sex in a marriage, good, yep. encouraged, have at it. Yeah. Um, you know, killing, killing outside of, or, you know, killing for sport. <laughs> <laughs> the most dangerous game. <laughs> I don't know why I said sport. Yes, Neil, you're not allowed to hunt people. <laughs> Let's say you got yourself an island. Oh, no. <laughs> 50 oh, no. grand burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> this sounds like the the start of a very dark, very dark uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, killing in war. <laughs> killing for sport, my goodness. Um so sin is some sin is is circumstantial. The actual act itself is circumstantial. Yeah. Incest outside of the law, and that's not necessarily the best correlation because this is outside of the law and inside of the law. For whatever reason, God decided that where society was at at that mm-hmm. point, that sexual relations between direct lines of individuals mm-hmm. was sinful. Now, yes, I have a theory. As to why that may be, but I, it's not conclusive, and it doesn't necessarily come from the Bible. It comes from science, which God is the inventor of science. But we know that one of the reasons that, first of all, incest is illegal, right? right? I mean, it's illegal. It's bad for society. It's bad for society. It's illegal because it often involves an abuse of power, right? Um, and often it's the, the misuse between a parent-child relationship. Right. Uh, often, not nearly as often, do we see the brother-sister thing. Um, but it's to protect individuals because yeah. closed course syndrome and abuse of authority and power, all of that is is real. Yeah. So incest is not only illegal, but genetically it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's genetically a nightmare now because, uh, you know, what it does is it can produce all kinds of um, abnormalities in, mm-hmm. in you know, a child that's born or the product of a relationship that's been, um, that was, you know, a, a relationship of incest. So, remember I said, keep in mind, Adam lived 930 years. Mm-hmm. Why did Adam live 930 years? Clean genetics. Yeah. <laughs> Clean genetics. Uh, God created him. And he lived 930 years because his his genetics were clean. He didn't have all of the abnormalities that would take place through reproduction over time. By the time you get to Abraham, I think Abraham lives, uh, somebody's going to correct me on this. I think it was 175 years if I'm wrong on that. That's fine. Don't don't miss the point. <laughs> but I think it was 175 oh, years. Oh, you're wrong about that, Neil. And uh, <laughs> Finally right. <laughs> right. And scripture says he lived a good long life. Yeah. At 175. Well, how's that a good long life when you got Adam to live 930? Yeah. And then where are we at now? 80. Yeah. Why? Because the genetic pot has been polluted. Yeah. And so it's possible that God, out of his grace, his common grace, and obviously his knowledge, is not wanting to plague society with, um, or or uh, not plague society, uh, plague children that had no choice in the matter of having to deal with these particular genetic abnormalities. He's like, no, we're just not, we're not doing that anymore. Obviously, the moral implications as well. We know from Adam, let I me mean, just get to Noah, and the world was a mess. Every yeah. thought of man, and so over time, the abuse is going to. So not just preserving the genetic code, right? Um, but also preserving his 
preserving, you know, the abuse of power and putting a limit on it, saying that's it. I don't know if that's the reason. That's the most reasonable explanation that I've been able to kind of pull out of Scripture. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason that these, you know, Adam and and people that lived so long because they had not endured. Although now there's some question about, you know, the water canopy and post-Noah and, you know, UV radiation and all that kind of stuff. dinosaurs. Right, all of that, which maybe, I don't know. I don't know, it doesn't matter. So... (laughs) doesn't matter because we can't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it matters, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So to kind of uh, sum all of this up, oh, well, I should say it changes in Leviticus. But wait, there's more. That's right, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Um, so it changes in Leviticus, but it continues in the New Testament. This yep. New Testament addresses, it does. We talked about it. Um, we've talked about it before, 1 Corinthians 5. You and I talked about it today where mm-hmm. it's like you've got this kid sleeping with a stepmom. You're right. And Ball's like, even the pagans aren't doing this yeah. stuff. Like you guys need to, you know, remove this, yeah. this individual, correct him, whatever it is. And so that's, that was incest even. Mm-hmm. And that was just, there's probably no genetic, yeah. Uh, you know, they don't have a shared bloodline yeah. more, more than likely. So by marriage though, by marriage, though, even by marriage, it's, it was considered um, grotesque. Yeah. And so it, it carries through to the new Testament. It carries through today that, mm-hmm. you know, certainly um, incest is a sin. Yeah. Same that the Lord um, despises, and again, we know even you know that we're to submit to the governing authorities. We know that it's mm-hmm. Ill, illegal, but the only way that that could have that the earth could have been populated was through that. And for whatever reason, God in His providence, it's not like it was sinful. He turned a blind eye to it. It, it it's it's the means that He used, yeah. and that's jarring for people because that seems really grotesque. Yeah. Um, but we have to understand that you know our our thoughts his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways yeah and so we don't we don't necessarily understand um i i don't understand why the lord chose to do it that way yeah but that's that's how he did it and again some are going to argue with that and be like no you know um incest was wrong and it was wrong back then and you know there must have been other human beings on the earth and the bible just doesn't address that and just doesn't do that uh, but then you got to deal with all these genealogies, and if there are other people, you know, where mm-hmm. where are they um, in Scripture? And if God was just creating people out of thin air like he did with Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. you think that Scriptures would mention that. So I don't know where else we can land other than, yeah, those relationships yeah. were would be considered to be uh, incest, but they weren't sinful. They weren't yeah. violating God's law. Anything post Leviticus 18 violates God's law. Yeah. And why he does that, nobody really knows. Perhaps to preserve um, the genetic lines and then to protect, preserve and protect, mm. protect those that were going to be um, under uh, that type of abuse yeah. and that type of authority. And we have to remember, you know, Women's value has always been the same, but men have not always treated women as they should. And there yeah. was massive abuse and um, the the pressing down of women, the oppression of women in those days. And so young girls particularly mm. would have been susceptible. Um, There's stories in scripture of, you know, a, a brother uh, raping his sister. I mean, it just, mm. it gets, it gets heavy and, yeah. there, and there's punishment for all of that, yeah. uh, certainly. But yeah. do you have thoughts? No, that that was all of them. Is that some? <laughs> okay, I have thoughts, but they're not serious, and 
Oh, okay. <laughs> probably not helpful. So okay, we could probably have to do with southern states of the United States. But, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like how you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, we oh, need to talk yeah. about this. No, no, let's bring that up. <laughs> Anyways, Jared, so fetch me my map. <laughs> yeah, where did you say these places are? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. That is, uh, those are our questions. I for think today. we'll end on that one. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that we'll that's all we can handle one. today. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was great casting pod questions. with you. Yeah, again. it feels like it's been many moons. It has. Well, it's yeah. been, it's been many. I'm back in the saddle now. Yeah. For a while. So you're stuck with me, kiddo. I would love it if we went in your office. You literally sat down on a saddle while you're doing your stuff. Mm. What's under the saddle? Your chair. No. <laughs> you just put the saddle. <laughs> that looks really uncomfortable, Neil. It is. It is. <laughs> but darn tootin' if it ain't cool. Yeah. You know when I needed to scoot in, I would take out a little whip and just <laughs> whip the back of my chair. And you're 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 usually wearing like you know gym chaps. Gym, no, oh. like a gym outfit. That's yeah. usually because a lot of the time you go to work and stuff. But I just imagine you walking in with like you know tennis shoes and you got your uh, spurs on the back of them. Did you ever want to be a Amazing. cowboy when you were a kid? Uh, I don't know. I rode a horse. I took horse riding classes and realized I like you horses did. a lot. Oh yeah. yeah, okay. I really like horses. I should just show me this thing um, about a, a horse that was born uh, with some type of speaking of genetic abnormality. Oh no! And it it's the size of a dog. What? But it's, but it's a real horse, and they what? were they were gonna off this thing, <gasps> and Why? some lady heard about it and drove, you know miles to get this thing and now it runs around our house like a little a little dog dude i yeah. gotta find out about this yeah next thing you know they're gonna be breeding those things i'll try to have rachel send me the link to the horse dog what's the thought process behind that it's healthy but it ain't big let's kill it <laughs> horses uh, supposed to be big this thing let's a, sell the meat to taco bell let's get rid of this little miniature demon horse <laughs> demon is Demon Horse the name? Straight of, out of hell. Get rid of it. Name the podcast <laughs> Demon Horse. That's it. <laughs> oh, we just man. name our band. <laughs> that is a great band name. Demon that's Horse. going, oh, dude, that's going in the notebook. Yeah. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. Or is it Hunting for Sport? <laughs> hunting for Sport. That's our All first single, things. Hunting for Sport by Demon Horse. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, that's something. I'm sorry I'm back, listeners. <laughs> the, the the documentary for the first tour of uh, Demon Horse can be right. called The Most Dangerous Game. The Most Dangerous <laughs> there Game. There it is. My goodness. Let's All right. tell people how to submit questions. Yeah. So if you've got questions for the podcast, you can submit them to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text them to 440-HOPE-222. It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. It's just, and, it, and I hope by today's questions, we have reaffirmed that nothing is off limits. You know, that's and this true. Is, I'm not taking a dig at the incest. Yeah, this is yeah, a great yeah. question. Yeah, it's it's a reasonable question. Absolutely. Please, whatever whatever's on your mind, yeah. whatever thoughts you have, shoot yeah. those our way. We would love to address these things, answer these things, and Absolutely. connect these things to God's word. Yes. Thanks for having me back. It's great to see you again. Thanks for coming back. You need to go take a nap. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. You're More right, coffee. You're More coffee. The right side of your body was asleep for the majority you would just <laughs> just like resign to just one side and this side is moving <laughs> the, the hidden side the hidden side yeah you were shutting down parts of your that body sounds like a tv show the hidden side of jared mm, we got all kinds of ideas that aren't going anywhere today thanks for listening we'll see you thanks. next time Bye. i think it just said 
Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh my God.